Hear these words of joy that Mary exclaimed after she was greeted by Elizabeth. Two pregnant mothers celebrating anticipated birth of a child. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For the Lord has looked with favor on the lowliness of this servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me and holy is God's name. God's mercy is for those who fear the Lord from generation to generation. God has shown strength with his arm. The Lord has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God from long ago for all God's people today. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, it's hard to believe it's already the fourth Sunday of Advent. Um, next week is Christmas Eve. In this series, How Does a Weary World Rejoice, we've been digging into our weariness and our joy. Our weariness and our joy. Our weariness is real. It's incredibly important that we acknowledge that, that we say it out loud, that our weariness comes from our life, our weekly, our daily, our monthly, our forever struggles, the ones that we have because we're human with our family, with our work, with politics, with war, with illness, the list goes on. There's a lot of things to be weary about. Our weariness is real, but so is our joy. Our joy is real too. Joy comes from God. If our weariness comes from the world, joy comes from God. It comes from the days and the weeks and the months and forever of God continuing to keep God's promises to us, from God continuing to be with us and before us. We have joy because we know who we are, because we know whose we are. We can remind one another of joy. We can carry it for one another in moments when we can't carry it ourselves, help one another to uncover, discover it again. Joy can surprise us and amaze us, and it shows up sometimes in the most unexpected places and the most unexpected times. I hope that you have had those experiences before of somebody reminding you of your own joy, of somebody carrying your joy for you, of somebody amazing you, and you discover a time of joy. Joy and weariness can coexist. It's not an either-or conversation that we're having. It's a both-and and today we're having a conversation about how God reminds us of our joy, how God helps us to carry our joy with us, how God teaches us our responsibility to joy through songs of hope. We're going to do that as we explore Mary's song. And before we do, let's pray. Lord God, you were and you are 
and you will always be. You are eternal, and you are present here and now. So we pray in this time, all the weariness that we brought in, that we might still remember that it's there, but you would help us to lay it down at the feet of your throne, that you would help us to offer it to you. Would you pick it up and carry it with us? Would you help us to pick up instead, to be reminded instead of moments and opportunities for joy? the joy that you give us because of who you are and because of how you love us. Help us to hear the words that you have to say to us in this time, God, in your words alone. We offer this prayer in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Do you sing a lot? You're looking at your person if you came in here with a person. I sing a lot. You could ask my kids. One of them would tell you, I don't sing enough. You know which one that is, Brian. <laughs> uh, one of them says, I sing too much. Mom, don't, gosh. Did you ever do that to your parents? Do your kids ever do that to you? Stop, you're so embarrassing. He's eight. It's already happening to me. People are singers. You might say to me, no, Katie, you, uh, you don't want to hear me sing. It's not a really good idea. Maybe. Maybe you can't carry a tune in a bucket. That's fine. Maybe you don't like to sing, but people are born singing. I, um, I picked Johnny's brain uh, as I was preparing for this conversation today because we're talking about singing and who better to speak to about singing than the person who is professionally responsible at your church for singing. Um, and he said to me something he learned in school was that we sing before we talk. We can sing before we can talk, and that's true. That's very true. You have a kid who can't uh, string together a complete sentence spoken, but they sure knew, know all the words of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, don't they? That's right. People are born singing. We can sing before we can talk. Singing is just part of who we are. So we sing. We sing when we alphabetize something. Let's be honest. I have to sing the ABC song still when I am putting files or books in order. I still sing it. I can't remember the alphabet otherwise. E, F, J, okay, which <laughs> especially is in the middle part. We sing at birthday parties or at New Year's Eve. So we're singing to celebrate something. We sing to learn and to remember. We sing to celebrate something. We sing at sports games. I'm looking at you Buckeye fans in your Carmen, Ohio, or your Hang On Sloopy or whatever it is. And I'm looking at you crew fans with Fools Rush In. I tried to look up other songs and I couldn't find anything good. So there's your examples. We sing to declare our praise to something or to someone. We sing at bedtime if we have kids in our house. Around my house, it's good night, my someone. Y'all know that one? I'm not going to sing to you this morning. Don't worry. We sing to soothe, to calm ourselves or someone else. We sing on the radio if we are driving. Sometimes we crank up a playlist when we are cleaning. We've even been known to test out the acoustics in our shower. We sing to pass the time. We sing when we're happy and when we're heartbroken. And when we don't know what to do next, we sing to express how we are, to express our emotions. It's one of the best ways to get what's inside us out. It's one of the best ways to talk about what's going on within us. We sing when music is on and when it's not. 
when we're with other people or we're by ourselves, whether or not we admit it, we sing. People are singers. We speak with our hands, we sing with our hands. We speak with our voices, we sing with our voices. If we speak with our hearts, we sing with our hearts. People are singers. So it's unsurprising then that there is a lot of singing in the Bible. The word sing appears over 400 times, 40 of those times. It's a command. It's something God is telling us to do. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. The Bible has about 200 songs in it. Some are written for worship. Those are the psalms. And some we hear people sing. Mary is one of those people. Her song is one of two in Luke 1. Here's Mary. She's newly pregnant. She's still unmarried. She's visiting her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth greets Mary, sees that Mary is pregnant, knows in her spirit that her cousin carries the Savior. The child Elizabeth carries jumps in her womb, leaps for joy, this child called John. And in response, Elizabeth speaks a word of blessing and a word of promise and a word of hope over Mary. And what comes out of Mary is a song. This is often called the Magnificat from the first five words of the song, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. She is so full of joy and hope, Mary, that she's got to sing about it. A friend of mine uh, shared recently one of her experiences in a Facebook post. She was wearing a shirt with Mary's image on it, accompanied by some of the words from Mary's song. He has pulled down the mighty from their thrones. He has sent the rich away empty. And someone said to her, that has got to be a misquote. You need to check the person who made that shirt. It's pretty radical stuff you're wearing on there. That can't be from the Bible. And she looked at him. She's a pastor. <laughs> and she said, yeah, this is like directly from the book of Luke. Mary's song tells us who God is. God is holy. God is merciful. God is just. Mary's song tells us what God does. God looks with favor on those that the world considers worthless. God shows mercy from generation to generation on those who fear him. God humbles the proud. God brings the powerful down from whatever thrones they sit on. And in their place, God raises up the lowly. God fills hungry people with good things and sends the rich away empty. God helps his people. God liberates his people. God redeems his people. God has done all of this according to God's promise. This is the good news. This is the deep and the robust hope, hope that people need. But sometimes, just like my friend's acquaintance, we forget. We forget the words of the song, and we need to be reminded. We don't seem to need reminders about bad news. Do y'all need reminders about bad news? You know all the bad news. Everybody's shaking their head like, please don't tell me, Katie. I don't need that today. Bad news is easy, right? Because it feels like it's everywhere. We're good at talking about it, thinking about it. Sometimes we're even really good about obsessing over it. 
But human beings need reminders about good news. Wish we didn't. I wish we weren't wired that way, but we are. We do. We need to-do lists. If you are like me, your mind is like a sieve. And if you don't write it down, it doesn't happen, and you're not going to do it. We need to-do lists written on scraps of paper and whiteboards and digital sticky notes. We need all kinds of places, all kinds of reminders that tell us good news. We need billboards and TV ads and social media posts that tell us good news. We need the good news. We need the joy-filled reminder that in our Advent waiting, as we wait for Jesus in the manger, and as we wait for Jesus' return forever, we need a reminder of good news and hope. And songs can help, especially the songs that are written in Scripture. Mary's song is our reminder. Mary sings, and she helps us to remember what has been. She sings, and she holds our hope for what will be. Her words are a gift from God to us. They are for us. They're for us today. These are words from God that we need to hear. We need reminders, friends, like it or not, about who this God that we love and serve is, a God who stays on the side of the left out, the lowly, the last, the least, a God who acts for them and for us. We need a reminder of just what God is about. God is about justice. God is about mercy. God is about liberation. We need reminders of what God will do, of the kind of world that we long for and that we hope for. We need reminders over and over again about this Jesus the one who is coming, the one who was, and the one who always will be. My high school choir director, if he said it once, he said it a hundred times. Everyone can sing. Not everyone should sing. Everyone can sing. Not everyone should sing. But I would beg to differ respectfully. Maybe you don't like to sing. Maybe you don't feel like you can, or that you should. Maybe you don't feel like a musical person, but you should sing. Because what singing does is it allows us to embody God's promise and God's hope, just like Mary does as she carries Jesus. She is a living embodiment of God's goodness and God's hope. She carries the living embodiment of God's goodness and God's hope. And that's not a call that God has necessarily given you or given me. Not that particular one, at least. But we still have a call to embody hope with and for one another. So if you won't sing yourself, you need songs. If only to be reminded of all of the reasons that we have for hope. You know, my mom and dad did this really obnoxious thing to me when I was in high school. I was so cute. I was ready for school. I was good to go. I looked real nice, and I was ready to walk out the door, and they would look out the window because we didn't have weather.com when I was in high school, all right? And so they would be like, go put on a coat. I don't want to put on a coat. I look real nice. It's going to mess up my outfit. <laughs> and now I find myself doing the exact same thing to my children. Go put on a coat. You need a coat. Did you wear a coat in here today? What kind of coat did you wear? A raincoat, because it's raining? A winter coat, because it's cold? You're not sure which one to wear, so you didn't wear anything? <laughs> you wear a coat, just in case the weather gets bad. You carry a coat with you, just in case there's snow, or just in case there's rain, or wind, or cold. Have you ever read uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 61? It talks about how God clothes us 
God, clothes us in salvation. God, clothes us in righteousness. Just like we put on a coat, worship allows us to clothe ourselves. When you take a coat, when you take a coat and you go out and you put it on in the snow and the rain, the wind or the cold, it doesn't change the weather. It doesn't change the snow or the rain, the cold. It's still going to be there. But it does change you in the weather. It changes how you navigate the weather around you, the world around you. It makes the weather easier to bear. Friends, the words of Mary's song, these are words from God for us, and these are words of life. God's words are life. What better way to carry the words of life around us than with a coat, like a coat? carry around with us ready for every eventuality. What better way to face the harsh realities of a broken world than to keep them in our hearts? So I wonder as we go forth from this place, what will be the coat we carry? What song will we carry in our hearts that prepares us and that clothes us for every eventuality? Just like we carry around the ABCs for alphabetizing and Old Lang Syne for New Year's Eve, and happy birthday for momentous celebrations. What songs will we carry with us for moments of war and for moments of hunger and for moments of political upheaval and for all the time world weariness? What songs will we carry around with us to remind us of God's promises? What songs will we carry around with us for moments of doubt and uncertainty and anxiety and distress? Songs that remind us of God's joy. What songs will we carry around in our hearts to remind us over and over and over again of God's presence and God's promise and God's power and God's hope and God's joy? Look through your hymnal. If you need to take one home, go for it. It's our gift to you. You don't even have to bring it back. I'm sorry, they're going to they're gonna be real mad at me that I said that. Look through our hymnal sometime. Listen, really listen to the words that we sing to the words that we sing in worship and out it, outside of it. Read what we sing. Do you believe those words? Are those words that you can carry around with you like a promise and a hope? Carry around with you as you go forth from this place. How does a weary world rejoice? We rejoice in our songs. And we rejoice by bringing our songs to life, by bringing our songs to life with our hands and with our feet and with our hearts and with our minds. And we don't do this alone. We do this together in a community. Because as good as it is to test out the acoustics in your bathroom, it's much better to test out our hope together as a faith community. So may Mary's song comfort us. May it challenge us. May it encourage us. May it help us to bring a new world into being, just as she did, just as God did through Jesus all those years ago. And may it be so. Amen.